water, earth, fire, air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Elitist Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. podcast about all things Avatar. Hello ladies and gentlemen, those in between, and welcome back to Bending the Elements and Avatar podcast, where we have with you today episode seven. Yes, book one, chapter seven, The Spirit World. I forget what it was. The Spirit World, that's right. Yes, the first part of a very loose duology called the Winter Solstice. Now, I would say I say very loose because the two plots don't really have anything to do with each other. They just kind of connect kind of randomly. But I guess we'll get into that. Uh, okay. Well, we, we could we could argue it, but <laughs> I I'd say like one's like both are their own stories, but they're both related. Yeah, they, they connect through one particular element. That is the winter solstice, and we are far from the winter solstice nowadays, I'll say that, or at least of current time. Yeah, I guess like right around the uh, the halfway point. Yeah, so this episode was written by head writer Aaron Ehaz. That's how you say that, right? Yes. And directed by Lauren McMullen, who's uh, returning after the Southern Air Temple episode. But jumping into the summary, we open this episode with Team Avatar still making their way to the Northern Air Temple, as they always are but this time finding themselves in the ruin of a forest. It's been chopped and burned down by that old group of baddies, the Fire Nation, and Aang once again feels lost in sadness at kind of failing at his role as the Avatar. But just in time, an old man happened to spot them and approaches them with the hopes of help. His village is in a period of crisis. They've recently come under attack by a black and white spirit monster called uh, Heiba, who every night at sunset comes to the village to cause destruction and kidnap one of the villagers. The crisis becomes more severe as the coming winter solstice draws near, a period when the spirit world and the natural world slowly bleed into each other until they become one at the peak of the solstice. Aang feels lost at how to solve this problem, but as the avatar of being meant to bridge both of these worlds, the job falls on him to find a solution. At sunset, Heiba arrives in the village and begins a rampage of destruction. Aang tries to calm the spirit and find a form of communication between them, but things just don't really work out. Sokka jumps in to help, but is kidnapped by the spirit, and in the pursuit, Sokka is lost, and Aang enters the spirit world at the statue of a large bear. There he meets an unlikely ally. Avatar Roku's spirit guide comes to help him. He takes Aang to the fire temple, and shows him a calendar which, when the sun reaches a certain point, will allow Aang to speak with Avatar Roku. He also shows Aang a vision of a mysterious and disturbing comet, which we'll get to a bit more in the next episode. But over on Team Zuko's side of the equation... Ira was also kidnapped, but this time by a gang of Earthbender soldiers from the city of Ba Sing Se. Ira once led a siege over this city, and now they're bringing him back there to face justice for his actions. Ira leaves a sign of a trail in their path, and Zuko follows it. But on his travels to save his uncle, Zuko is faced with a choice. He spots Op in the air, but chooses instead to follow Ira's path and manages to free him from his captors. 
Aang, returned to his body at the bear totem, regroups with Katara in the village. At sunset, he once again faces the spirit, but this time realizes that this spirit monster is actually the rage-consumed version of the forest bear spirit. He convinces the spirit that all hope is not lost, and that the forest will one day regrow. The spirit leaves, returning the villagers and Sokka. Aang tells the other two of his discoveries, revealing that their next location is in the Fire Nation, leaving us on a cliffhanger that will get resolved in part two. There's something I noticed actually in this intro for the first time. Sure. So the little tidbit I found is that when he bends the earth up, he's using, he's clenched his fist. Hmm. I know that seems weird, but like when he brings up water, his hands are uh, open. And when he brings up earth, his hands are in a fist. That's just something pretty unique. I didn't realize for small little tidbit that I was like, oh, wow. Interesting. Oh, fair enough. I guess that, I guess that is a little interesting, but those are some nice clouds. Yeah, so we begin with uh, you know some nice little landscape shots here, which is quite pretty. Again, I really like the art in both these two episodes. Oh, do you now? Hmm. Yeah, especially the second part. Do you know who did the animation this time? Uh, is it those guys I don't like? <laughs> uh huh. It's DR Movie. DR Movie. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I think they did a good job of this one. Well, there's one. We'll, we'll get to one of those things. We'll. Uh, there's one glaring thing that I think you may have noticed, but we'll we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there in due time. Sure. Uh, but I do like because we get kind of the leisurely them just hanging around on Appa as he's flying, and Katara starts being like, "Oh, I wonder what the clouds are like down there," and <laughs> and Sokka's like, "Oh, maybe you should just jump down and find out," and Katara's like, "No, no, no." But Aang just immediately like, sure, I'll do it, and leaps off, which I thought was quite funny. I love the music they play whenever they have those kind of moments of Aang just being kind of childish. And I gotta, I gotta find the track listing one of these days. Just play it over and over again so I can <laughs> tell you which what what tracks they are because there's a lot of you reused tracks, but oh boy, are they some good tracks? I'll say that. Mm-hmm. But boy, is Aang a man after my own heart, or most most likely, I was influenced <laughs> by Aang as a kid because mm-hmm. I totally would also do something like that. Because why not? And I appreciate some lighter fare here at the start of the episode, considering both these two are going to be a little bit darker in tone. Oh my goodness, Katara, I'm looking at you right now. You are positively naked. Ah. That neck of yours, like, where's your betrothal bro? Oh, right. Oops. Oh, yes, I see. Yeah. Mm, I didn't think about that. I guess we don't see that in these two episodes either. Oh, not really. My word. There's a giant cloud over top of that forest. I'm sorry. (laughs) I do like when Aang returns to Op and he's all soaked. He's like, turns out clouds are made of water. Just blows them all off. I thought that was pretty cool. Condensation, <laughs> sir. Condensation. Where do you think ring comes from? <laughs> I'm surprised, though, that this is... Um, it's called The Winter Solstice Part 1. And again, going back to my last episode, or going back to the last episode, it's interesting how this region... It's probably almost like the wet season for them. Or maybe it's the dry season. Who knows? Depending on what region they're in. I don't know how the climate works in this world. Probably, of course, similar to ours. Mm. But I do find it very fascinating that it's not... I wonder if there'll be snow at all come winter. I guess I have to correct myself on all previous episodes. And that I thought it was already winter. Apparently it's not. I'm a goof. Yeah, I guess just because we started with the, the snow, it made it a little confusing. <laughs> that's That's on me. That's a big faux pas on my part. Well, I don't know how big, but... But yeah, kind of disrupting their kind of carefree fun, they come across a huge patch of just completely burned up forest. Do you think the Fire Nation was chopping it down for supplies or that they just somehow 
burned it all up for whatever reason? Well, first off, I think they landed in BC. Well, I, I still think this doesn't take place in our, our world. This takes place in another <laughs> world. So, For pit's sakes, just go along with a joke for crying out loud. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, I get it now. <laughs> Took him a while. Because I remember in, in one of our episodes we went and you were like going through all the regions that you thought were uh, correlating to which part. And I kept being like, oh, well, I guess I can kind of see that. But I don't think this is our world. But I thought that's what you were going on about. This is somewhere north. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, boy. <laughs> Good luck to all those firefighters out there. We're getting a whole platoon of, of people coming in from the east, which is nice. Hmm. Anyways, so yes, we're in a um, this little valley here, which is not the same valley from Princess Mononoke. Trust me, it's it's not. Yeah, and it's all burnt to a cinder. Well, maybe not all burnt to a cinder, but it was either... Well, the forest certainly was. It, well, this yeah, that, you're right. This part of the forest was... Either what happened was there was a fight against Earth Kingdom soldiers. They needed supplies, or somebody got bit by something and they ravaged the whole forest who knows <laughs> yeah I, I there was a part of me that one that was wondering if like this was like an especially spiritual forest and maybe the fire nation burned it down for that reason i don't know <sighs> probably that's uh that's a good point but either way ang is kind of depressed and we quickly jump away from that to some more comedic kind of stuff with uh, zuko and his old uncle who's uh, bathing in a hot spring which is not another really pretty image, I think. I like all the different kind of layers of the stream as it goes up. I think that's quite nice, if you're up to that part at this point. I'm still... Uh, I'm Guess where I still am. Like, <laughs> take a guess. Uh, no clue. It's the this is the first instance where... Um, I don't think it was established beforehand, but this is the first instance where Aang literally drops the line that Avatar is supposed to protect the nature as well. Which, again, I don't think had been established up to this point. So that's why I stood around. Yeah, I, I feel like it had been, but maybe not. <laughs> I don't think so, because I would have remembered keeping balance to the Four Nations. They Even in the title card, they don't say anything about having to be the bridge between worlds. Mm, sure. Um, that's all in the show itself that has to explain that. So if you didn't know that, yes, the Avatar is a green thumb. They have to protect nature for that very reason. Mostly because that's where the elements of, of the world are. So kind of makes sense why they have to do that. But I also... Sokka, come on. I know you're angry at, at the Fire Nation, but like, what are you going to do, man? Yeah, call them savages. <laughs> I'm just going to let that one slide. I'm going to not go on that one. Yeah, but Iroh, he's taking some time to relax, you know, enjoying the... As I always say, he, he likes the pleasures of the flesh. And Zuko is playing his usual role of like, come on, we don't got we don't got time for this, man. We gotta go find the Avatar. And so to uh try to get out of having to get out of the bath right then, he stands up and Zuko's like, Oh man, I don't wanna see your nude body, dude. Just, you know, have your fun and then get back to the ship in half an hour. Might I make a point that uh I didn't wanna look at Iroh that way, but I gotta say he's pretty, pretty, pretty buff. Like, he's actually got some nice arms. Yeah, he's got some muscle mass to him. This actually remind me of uh, one of the guys from my gym, which is uh, funny enough. Hmm. Yeah, but after that brief little scene between the two of them, we cut back to some more being depressed Aang. And Katara decides the best way to cheer him up is just throw acorns at his head. <laughs> so, 
maybe not the tact I would have taken, but it seems to uh, somewhat work for him. And it's a nice little setup for uh, the end of this episode, too. So, so there you go. You know, yes, acorns will be one of the first trees to reproduce over time, of course. But, Aang, this does happen all the time. If you take environmental science and biology or ecology of plant life and forests, you'll understand, Momo, quit eating all those nuts. Those are for the, those, that's for the forest. Like, leave those there. Come on. And squirrels, potentially. Squirrels probably buried those nuts. Who even knows? I forget the I forget all my terms from from uh, from college. Excuse me, but the idea is that the forest will grow not like the end of Mononoke. Trust me, or Princess Mononoke. Excuse me. Forest will grow back over time. Um, moss will start to come in first. Weeds will, but then eventually grass will start growing on tree. And even um, the fact is is that one one pro- positive thing that they're not going to talk about is that fire. Well, it's scorched earth, yes. It actually helped to renew the soil. It's actually mm-hmm. very good for that soil. So I wish... <laughs> this is not a spoiler, I would say, but I wish that eventually... Uh, Ang- I don't know if they do this in the comics or not. They come back to this forest years later, and it's actually starting to grow again, just through the passage of time. Well, we'll, we'll see a little hint at its uh, future growth at the end of this episode. So, Yes, sort of. <laughs> A little hint, but not, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, through supernatural means, if you know what I mean. Anyway, uh oh, it's an old man. We should probably be careful with him because the last old man that uh, we interacted with sold us out. So, or at least sold a comrade of ours out. So let's um, maybe let's be wary of this guy. But no, we're just gonna like trust him. Okay, got it. Yeah, luckily for him, he came at a time when Aang really needed needed his spirits lifted. Yeah, feeling kind of useless, having a purpose. Fortunately, at coincidentally, perhaps, almost like the spirits themselves are watching and we're saying, you know what, Aang, time for you to have an encounter with a humble person. Mm-hmm. It takes him to a village because what's happening? The village is being attacked. By whom, exactly? Firebenders? Earth Kingdom? Ro- rogue Earth Kingdom soldiers? Who knows? No, it's something far greater than that. Yes, the black and white spirit, Hey it's hey bye, right? Did I say right that time? It is hey bye indeed, yes. There we go. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's been messing up the village, you know, knocking down some buildings, stealing a couple folks here or there, and he comes every night at sunset, so and the sun's getting pretty low. Apparently he <laughs> was hired by Captain Lightning Bolt Zolt Sr. from the last episode where it's like, Yeah, these are some nice buildings. It'd be a shame if they got knocked down <laughs> for some reason. Apparently, Haybai's an enforcer from the spirit world. Who knew? And I was going to ask, was Haybai's motivation, I don't know if we should save this for later in the episode, but was it just like fury at his forest being destroyed and like misdirecting his rage or, or something? That's why he's attacking this village? Yes. Ah, okay. What it was, to give it away right now, was the fact that the Fire Nation came and went, or came, burnt, down the forest and went. And then Haybai got very annoyed by that and thus found the first humans that he could smash at or get angry at. And that was this poor village who probably did cut some trees down, but probably replanted. um, Yeah. I don't know if it's like Nausicaa or not, (laughs) but they probably replanted trees or something like that, or they used what they had to, which I think he's okay with. These, these people seem like a very, maybe not humble, but a, a very 
thoughtful sort of, of folk perhaps. And they, and they do respect the forest spirits, especially this old man here. So I feel like that'd be a tradition of them is like, you know, give thanks uh, to the forest for giving us this, these resources uh, offer it blessings and, or actual offerings, whatever that may be, nuts, fruits, other stuff. I can't really think of around the top of my head, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And so because Hey, probably felt betrayed by these these humans and you know black and white i mean i guess it doesn't go much further than that and that the fact that's his morality is that it doesn't matter who he is he just sees whomever did it it doesn't even matter like he doesn't go and search for who it was he just well, i guess he searches but he doesn't track down them to the ends of the earth he just finds whoever it is and just settles on okay you're the one that wrong to me so i'm gonna uh eye for an eye mm. what was the boar god's name in princess Monoke? was it onagu <sighs> or something uh not naga no that's not that's somebody else or magu I, I yeah i'm trying to remember what that name was maybe i'll quickly look it up okay you go ahead i was about to but if you're going to sure nago nago yes was that the blind leader i thought that was the first one Maybe it was. it was. I was talking about the, the blind old one. but Yeah, the one by Keith David? Yep. Okado? That's what it was. I knew it started with an O. It was like, mm-hmm. oh something. Okado. Yeah, so maybe maybe this bear god is kind of in that way too, where he's like, the humans destroy my forest. I gotta destroy the humans. I don't know why he's taking um, prisoners, but... I think it's just a form of sacrifice as well. Mm-hmm. In that... I, uh, you, you took my forest, you took each of, each of these trees or one of my children, so I will take one of yours. I know he doesn't take children, but <laughs> he takes, well, I mean, everybody's oh, a child. Sokka. But he took Ch- Sokka, he took a few other grown people, might have taken children, who knows. And to be fair, Akago, he knew who it was that destroyed his, or was, was destroying, and or was causing all the problems for the forest in that movie. Whereas... Hey, by here, I'm not going to say doesn't, but like, again, he, he's treating this village as uh, the scapegoats really when, when it really was the fire nation. Yeah. So in a way he should be directing his, he should go on a quest and find, you know, who wronged the, the forest, uh, who cut down the trees, join, join up with the Lorax <laughs> and uh, find out who cut down the trees or burnt the trees in this case. Yeah. So I guess he is more similar to that initial, uh, uh, boar god nago nago yeah just rage filled and coming in to destroy well oh yeah i see what you mean because he didn't go to lady eboshi he went all the way to uh ashitaka's village way way out in the east yeah probably just running for miles in a blind rage destroying anything that was a uh, human <laughs> <sighs> there's a there's some fan fiction for you what happened a funny thing happened to me on the way to ashitaka's village <laughs> <laughs> Where he has all these other stories that happen with him. That's something that nobody ever thought of. No, they probably did. <laughs> Miyazaki, I want to see that in a manga, please, or a comic. Oh, but getting back to some of the, the plot here. So we get, yeah, like you said, a little bit more description of kind of Aang's role as the avatar. You know, he's got to be kind of the mediary. At least that's what the old man wants him to kind of find a middle ground with the spirit and resolve the issue. But Aang... Like, he, he doesn't know what to do with this. He doesn't really know much about the spirit world. He's kind of like, uh, like I mean, I, I guess I'll do it because I'm the Avatar, but I don't know what to do, man. 
Saka, you have very little faith, and or you might be onto something. You probably will be eaten by the big spirit monster. Who knows? Yes, no, I think even in this episode, this is... Yeah, no, this is the first episode where the spirits are mentioned. Is it? Hmm. Called the spirit world, so... Or, well, winter... No, that's not true, sorry. I thought they'd mentioned the spirits before, but I feel like we talked about one of these episodes, but it's been a little while since we've gone through them now. That's true. It's been a while since I've looked up on our stuff. Because, yes, I do listen to these episodes. <laughs> I feel like it was maybe in the King of Omashu, but I'm... I'm again, I, I can't really comment for sure, so... But... Uh, no, no, no. Nope, nope, none of them at all. Everything's been human-related stuff. This is the first time we're encountering the spirits. Yeah, I'm not saying that we encountered them. I just was saying mentioned, but... Mm, okay, fair enough. An offhanded, like, this is the spirits. Yeah. That there was that spirit world component. Yeah, so Iroh, he's, he took a little nap, you know, he's, even though he took a nap, he doesn't immediately get out and be like, oh, I better go meet my deadline. He's just like, ah, whatever. Like, I'm still enjoying this kind of pond, little spring. And then a nice little, what was it, a vole, did he say? Yes, a little uh, field vole. Yeah, a cute little rodent comes over and it's like, hey, I don't mind breathing this uh, steam in next to you. Like, hey, I can enjoy this too. But very quickly starts jumping up and down, getting all freaked out because coming for Iroh is, are they soldiers? Do you think, or just like a gang of like marauders? No, they're they're soldiers because they're wearing similar uniforms to what um, the uh, Omashu guard were wearing. Mm. In fact, I think either because it was dark, it looked blue, and maybe that's a royalty. Who knows? Uh, or it's green, but it's, again, shades of the sun hitting and contrasting stuff anyway. Yeah, so they're probably just out doing a patrol and then stumbled upon either the ship or something. Either way, they find Iroh and capture him. Can I, can I just say, I, I forgot to mention this earlier, I love, and this is turning to the scene, note worth. I love how Iroh heated up the, the water. Like, it might have been a natural... St- I don't know if it was like a natural hot spring or not, but I just love the fact that he, you know, just uses not even his like fire from his hands, but his actual like breath from his nostrils. I think that was really cool. No. Yeah. I thought that was cool too. I forgot to mention that a great application of firebending once again. And the fact that he's not he, just a very utilitarian way of using fire. I, I always love those. Yeah. It made me jealous. Yeah. Little details. Because I was like, oh, man, that'd be so great if my whenever my tea gets cold, I can just breathe a little in there and warm it up. Like, oh, There's man. a put a pin in that for some, <laughs> some time later because something, something happens there. Um, sure. What was the, I'm surprised he didn't like I wonder how much heat firebenders can take if they're in water, for instance. I don't know if they could survive boiled water, for instance. I highly doubt that. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, when we get to the uh, fire temple. It's surrounded by lava, or at least there's a ton of lava coming through it. So, I mean, they got to be around that all the time and somehow survive. So, yes, no, there's certain heat that they can, even though I will question something next episode if I can remember that. Probably won't, but sure. You know, yeah. So, yeah, the in comes and there's a bit of rubbling, and then they come like, you know, the earth guards mm-hmm. to, um, again, I, I guess either like, yeah, you're right, like coming in from, somewhere previously maybe they were part of that fight that burnt down the village who knows or burnt down the forest excuse me yeah maybe that was yeah like a battleground and they just kept patrolling it to make sure no fire nation troops come back 
They don't seem singed, that's the other thing. Or at least battle-hardened. Or not battle-scarred. Battle, uh, mm. Nope, never mind. I'm looking at them now. Their uh, uniforms are green. Just, mm. again, very washed out with the sun, with the sunset. It's it's nice. Yeah, but so they, they capture Iroh, and we jump back to uh, Aang, back in the village, waiting to face the big black-and-white monster. And I like that uh, Sokka already is like, I can't believe we're just letting him go out there alone. Like, we should be standing with him and fighting this thing. Even though the others are just like, nah, let, this is an Avatar kind of job. You stay out of it. So, nice little setup for how Sokka's going to go shortly. <laughs> yeah, the fact that he also has Inks back as well. I kind of I like that. Yeah, I like that too. Their, um, their companionship and relationship has certainly grown these past uh, few weeks. Mm-hmm. episodes so that's that's it, it seems I, I like that some character growth yeah kasaka definitely seemed like just a silly fool for a long time but he's doing the smart thing he's 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 growing he's learning he's kind of bettering himself that he's he's educating himself mm-hmm. i mean he realizes that you know there's more to this world than just a snowy village down the south pole yep yeah and especially once he sees uh old hey here who shows up? That uh, kind of gives up waiting for him. He's like, uh, he's not gonna show up. <laughs> what happened to all that patience that uh, the monks were teaching you, man? What's going on <laughs> here? <laughs> oh, I'm sure Ang was always terrible with that. I wonder if they're actually. It, well, okay, I guess there is a way, but I, I'm. I am surprised. I must admit, I'm. I'm surprised. I always. I always thought that because Airbenders are the highest, have the highest like spirituality in the entire world, or the you know, spiritually attuned people. I am so surprised that they wouldn't interact with the spirits more. That very much fascinates me. Like the old, like the ones before Aang, like the monks that he was with? Yes, the nomads. Like, yeah, the, the, the nomads. I'm, I'm very surprised that that wasn't rooted in their culture. We haven't actually seen that much of the spirit world angle. And like Aang said, he hadn't really gotten to that stuff yet. He didn't really, wasn't really taught about it, so... Yeah, and I don't really remember if we get into it too much, but even maybe the airbenders 100 years in the past or maybe, you know, dealing with the spirit world stuff more and Aang just didn't see that part of it. There is that. So since we're seeing it so much from his point of view, it would have been left out. But Maybe progress has uh, happened. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're less uh, connected to the, the natural world or the spirit world, excuse me, than just the natural world. Maybe that's it. Maybe they're just connected to the natural world and not the spirit world. That's... Maybe that's it. I guess we'll guess we'll find out, but separation. Yeah, so Aang, you know, he tries some diplomacy with the spirit monster, but it really just does not I mean the guy's just on a rampage. He uh he apparently unfortunately Aang rolled probably like a five on diplomacy, and then Hebei responds with an intimidation roll. But with a you know that raw large spirit growl. Yep. But didn't really do much to Aang, so it probably was like also a five or a six and we're just like whoa well yeah i think i think it looks at ang as a neutral party he's like you're not really you're kind of a mix between the two of us you're not really a part of this village so you're not a target for my destruction because once Sokka shows up he's like okay i guess i got my prisoner for the night just snatches him right up but oh but yeah he Sokka jumps in and very feebly tries to add to the fight but it doesn't pay off and the big bc just grabs him and takes off so <laughs> I mean, for Pit's sake's uh, random guy in the background, I guess village leader, He, his methods are unusual. He didn't, you think Aang would learn how to rebuke spirits, but 
eventually. Uh, but yeah, after after Sokka's capture, we jump back over to Zuko again, and him and his troops finally are are looking around for Iroh. Like, where's this guy, man? He was supposed to be here like hours ago. This crazy guy. He's probably still napping out here. But nope, missing. It looks like there's been a landslide, sir. A landslide, you say? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought that guy was an idiot. And, and Zuko's like, "What? Like landslides don't go uphill? Like what?" <laughs> well, what would you what would you call it? Almost like the Earth was, I don't know, like swallowed him whole or something. Yeah, I guess I could see that. Yeah, it's a pile of rocks. He was trying he was trying to start a fire or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, they could. For you that. see, he happened to he happened to find a bunch of traveling <laughs> Earthbender. uh, earthbenders and was like, "Hey, let's uh." Let's all make a campfire and he's <laughs> telling them old stories of yeah. tales from Bossing Say and yeah, siege. <laughs> Let me tell you all about this siege. Unfortunately, one god uh, has uh, PTSD and uh, oh. yeah, it all went awry. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, "Ah, oh, we'll have your head for this, and <laughs> we're gonna take you up this mountain and um, heave you off the cliff." Riddle also like cleave your head off. It's like, whoa, that's okay. excessive, buddy. That's, yeah, that's getting dark. Yeah, exactly. But speaking of dark, Bang is again chasing. Oh, I keep forgetting how to say this guy's name. Hey, bye. Hey, bye. And they go back out to the ruins of the forest. And right when Sokka and Aang are about to reconnect, that's when Sokka disappears. And Aang doesn't realize it, but he enters the spirit world. Yeah. How do I put this? Uh, what did you, well, first off, what did you think of Heibai's design? Looking at him from the side when he's running, you can kind of see the bear form to him. Yes. Not so much when he's just like a hulking you know, beast, like destroying the, I was going to say city, but the village. <laughs> <laughs> Not a city. <laughs> that is, I, <laughs> maybe to somebody <laughs> with like three shacks, that's a city, but <laughs> that is clearly a village. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, it's okay. I, I, it's not a particular standout, but okay, I do like it. It's um, it's not stiff as you would say, eh? No, I think it's. I mean, it's stiff because it's such a big hulking beast. I mean, it can't really move super swiftly. But... Yeah, yeah. Well, you want to know what else is stiff? What? Ang. Uh... If you can't tell, there's a CGI model of Ang flying. Oh, I'm past the flying bit, but oh no! Oh, you gotta go back. You you gotta go back. Sure, I'll take a look at this. Like you you have to you have to watch it. Like seriously, go from like probably ten forty or maybe ten fifty, and then like look closely. Sure. When he's in the forest. When he's in the forest, flying through the trees. Oh yeah. Oof. Yep. Yeah, that looks a little like a uh, yeah. Oof. Um. So in the commentary. I didn't listen to this comment. I think there was a commentary for this episode. I'm pretty sure there was. I gotta remember to start doing that as well. Uh, listen to the commentaries from here on out. Yeah, me too. Because they're wonderful. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's an explanation for why they had to do the CGI. And again, I'm not gonna throw them on it. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's stiff, but you know what? It's it's there. Whatever. It's quick. If you didn't notice it, it's fine. But it was so weird because what was weird is that Heibai is completely 2D animated. Mm-hmm. And same with Sokka as well. Like He's moving naturally, but for some reason, Aang isn't. Again, there's probably a reason why. I think it was either time, money, or it was too complex. 
Mm, yeah, I was thinking maybe because a lot of different layers to animate. But yeah, I definitely didn't notice Aang. I, I was solely looking at the Heibai kind of uh, design, so there's at least that. <laughs> it's not too distracting. No, that's true. And and once he tries to reach Sokka, he I think it stops. Or maybe not. I'm interested to find that there was no... Um, there wasn't any... Uh, I kind of wish that we had a background. Maybe, maybe we, maybe there was. I don't know. I'm, I kind of wish that there was a, a background image, but there that this little shrine here was in the background somewhere. Yeah, it's kind of funny that kind of coincidental that Aang just happens to fall right there. <laughs> and I, I kind of, I kind of wished that somehow they could have made the statue reflect the black and white quality. Like it didn't have to be fully black and white, but for them to be like a bit of a color differential. Did you feel that too, or is that because we're looking at it at night, or we? Because I don't think we see it in the broad daylight. I don't know, maybe we do. Hmm. Yeah, I think we do, and it's. But but I guess we'll see. I mean, it could be charred as well. Who knows? Oh yeah, that's very fair. Yeah, could have been burnt. I mean, it was burnt along with the whole forest itself. So yeah, no. at least that part of the forest. So I maybe. Uh, there you go. So. There's too much negative emotions from those firebenders and thus it turned the statue uh, shade of black and then it thus became more violent, perhaps. Who knows? Yeah, it could very well be. Or maybe he was just insulted that they singed his statue, you know? How could you? Well, that and... <laughs> There's that and the whole forest as well. <laughs> my wonderful shrine. Oh, golly. <laughs> um, I'm, I forgot that... I was almost expecting like a, a a totem pole style shrine, but I'm like, no, wrong, wrong culture, wrong culture. These things existed in that culture. My bad. Yeah, I think I even said totem. Uh, it's which is a little, you know, totem pole totem is not exactly the same. I would, yeah, I, I technically say this is a shrine more than it is a totem. Yeah, that that's fair. That is much more Aboriginal uh, based, I'd say. Yeah. But it, it totem is a spirit being. It like is a, a being. Yeah, you're right. So it is a spirit being. Maybe maybe that's maybe shrine and totem be is the same. Yeah, that that could be. Yeah, um, this is just random. I'm sorry, but it's so funny. They spent more time in the Earth Kingdom than they have with water. Yeah, this so far. Yeah, we'll we'll get back to it soon. But <laughs> we we will. It's just it's so funny that they're in the Earth Kingdom right now, and they're dealing with Earth Kingdom problems. But you almost think like, oh, they're should be dealing with more water tribe stuff. And it's so funny that they almost don't, not until like the very end. I just realized that I'm like, wow, maybe that's the complaint everybody has It's called book. It's called water, <laughs> but there's barely any water until like after these two episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure after these two, we get back to water for a while. So that'll be good. At least. <laughs> I mean, again, it, the earth kingdom is the largest landmass in the entire world. So yeah, kind of have no choice, but You'd expect like, oh, maybe there's like some small pockets of waterbenders put here and there everywhere. Oh, but quickly cutting back to Iroh for a brief scene. He's hanging out over with those, uh, or not hanging out, he's uh, imprisoned out. Yeah. Those earthbenders. And they start telling tales of why they're capturing him about his uh, legendary siege. 600 days trying to, tr- trying to take uh, Bossing Say. Three and a bit years, as they say, which again... More uh, characterization for Iroh here. Up, up to this point, we've seen him being very relaxed and very laid back as a matter of fact individual, as you said, wanting the uh, pleasures of the flesh. Mm-hmm. 
And it turns out he was, well, first off, he was the, was it Great Dragon of the West? Mm-hmm. That's funny. That's a, there's a shout out for you. <laughs> but he was apparently, you know, you know, being technically royalty, he was, well, at one point, he was a part of the Fire Nation, as in, like, you know, part of the system, I guess, if you want to call it. Yep. And his only answer to uh, his crimes in their view is just... Like, ah, you know, I, I did it, and then I just got tired, and I left. Or I guess for his defeat, I should say. The only answer for his defeat is just, yeah, it was just exhausting, and there was, we just wanted to go home, so we went home. My men were exhausted, I was exhausted, I wanted to go home. Yep. Uh, I mean, I... <laughs> and I like that he transitions that into his little plan, where he's like, oh, I'm feeling tired right now, and just falls off the horse. Very intuitive of him. Or not horse. <laughs> it's, it's... Oh, I, I call them like furless tauntauns with beaks. Mm-hmm. They kind of make me think of, um, they make me one kind of think of, uh, what's that movie called? Wizards. You know that, uh, that film, Ralph Bakshi film. Is it? Oh, yes. I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Yes. Yeah. They also ride around in like two legged bird creatures like that. Maybe that's what this is supposed to be. It also kind of makes me think of, um, what am I? What am I trying to think of here? Oh, Nazca, Nazca, the Valley of the Wind. Oh yeah, the Choco Chocobos. Yep. Yeah, with um. Oh, Yufo? Is that it? Is that right? Is that his name? <laughs> um, I'm gonna get crucified if I don't remember this. Um, I feel like it's Yupa, but I could be wrong. No, it's not that. It's okay. Hang something, on. something similar. I'm looking it up here. I'm looking it up. Yeah, you look that one up. <laughs> it's going to kill me if I don't see yeah. it. Oh, it's... Yeah, it is Lord Yupa. I just looked it up. Oh, I thought you were talking about, like, the actual... Uh, sorry, yeah, I thought you were talking about, like... <laughs> you thought I was. You thought the thing was called Lord Yupa. <laughs> no, I thought you were, like, asking what their names were. I'm like, okay, I, I should know this, but, like, I completely forget. No, oh, no, yeah, I was asking if that was his name. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think they even really mentioned the the name of those things. Oh, they well, uh, maybe in the comics. Yes, yes they do. Hey, hey, hey! You haven't read it twice. You still have to finish it. I'm just saying, maybe they mentioned in the comic, but I don't really think they mentioned the movie. Uh, they mentioned both names, but oh, maybe maybe he does at the beginning. No, they do. They they certainly do. Yeah, so Iroh he falls off the horse claw guy, <laughs> and um. Leaves a trail of breadcrumbs. Yeah, he leaves a, his trail of shoe crumbs for Zuko to find, which I'm surprised those idiot guards weren't paying more attention. Notice that. Or as they, or as if you're from Australia or Britain or anywhere else in the world, thong. Thong. Trail, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, then we cut back over to Aang, who's heading back to the village depressed. And we see Katara and the village leader. I don't think he's ever named. No, uh, yeah, no, as far as I'm aware, no, unless uh, I check the credits later and I'm like, ah, it's this. And he's trying to reassure Katara and Aang's like, hey, I'm here, but I didn't bring Sokka and they don't even notice that he's there. Yeah, he's he's certainly he's certainly feeling a little blue about that, eh? Feeling a little blue. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, right. Quite, quite blue, in fact, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, blue because he's part of the spirit world, as we already spoiled, but is a revelation to him. <laughs> Dun dun dun, Ang! What have you done? This is, I've heard of Freaky Friday and you know becoming a werewolf in the mirror, but this is ridiculous. And Ang is like, oh, you know what? This is perfect for me. I'm the Avatar. I'm the bridge, and here I am in the spirit world. 
maybe now I can finally figure out the solution. But I mean, it's how saying, would, so <laughs> how would Larry David describe the scene? Uh, which scene? The, just like the fact that he's in the spirit world. How would Larry David react? That's my question. Oh, I'm, I, maybe I'm missing this reference. I didn't watch his show. Yeah, there's no reference, whatever. Right? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. If you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, maybe it'll make sense. Yeah, only the first season, so I can't. Uh... Oh, but Aang doesn't need to rely on himself to solve this because out of nowhere, a big old dragon shows up. Well, hang on. And before Dragon X Machina shows up. Sure. It's it's literally like not even 30 seconds, but we do confirm that Zuko found the shoe. Thong, whatever you want to call it. Oh, sure. Yeah. That, that, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's good to point out. He found the shoe. He's on that rhino looking lizard thing. And yeah, then we cut back to Aang talking with Katara. I'm surprised Appa doesn't uh, kind of see Aang or at least notice him there. That's kind of an interesting thing. I always thought that animals would, you know, kind of be more attuned to the spirit world, but who knows? Yeah, I think maybe they change that a little later on, but I guess we'll see. But yes, Aang shouts out to the heavens for Avatar Roku to appear, uh, who was name dropped earlier in the episode, by the way. And then, yes, Dragon X Machina appears. And I think when Aang tries to glide, um, he doesn't... I think they use the CGI Aang again. I'm wrong <laughs> on that. Yeah, but Aang realizes that he can't use his powers in the spirit realm, or spirit world <laughs> realm. Asterix. We'll get to that later. <laughs> And he's he was trying to escape from the dragon, but now he has to face him. He's coming for you, man. He's going to eat you. Yeah, and I love the shot where it's just like super close up on the dragon and like the space moving around him. The blue uh, space energy. I thought that was a funny shot. Cool shot, but a funny look. I got to say, I got to say, or yeah, like the wavy lines coming in the background. He, or he's, he's coming from light speed. That's what yeah, he's so about to say. <laughs> That's how he gets his spirit. Well, you just go through light speed. Uh. <laughs> Uh, I gotta say, I, I gotta, I, I admire the little. I just realized this is. I kind of pointed out the little animation of of the dragon coming in, whipping around. I thought that was kind of cool. Yep. Not not important to point out. I just, I, I kind of like that. That was that was very neat. Yeah, I think all the animation with the dragon looks pretty cool. The designs good. They get the motion down quite well. Oh, certainly. And I love that it's uh, voiced by John Noble too. I think that's a great thing. Uh-huh, yeah, certainly. I'm uh he's certainly speaking lots as he throws one of his whiskers at Aang and, and shows him a vision. Yeah, vision of Roku. But I thought that wait a minute, I thought John Noble was talking in, in like at night and in a forest. Where clearly here Aang is in front of a okay, I'm done with this joke. Yeah, yeah, you're you driven into the ground. Okay, we'll we'll get that we'll get to that joke later, but like Yeah. What do you think of uh what do you think of Again, Dragon X Machina literally giving Aang visions in his head. Is that the the plot coming through, the script leaking, or the, the writers writing themselves into a corner? What, do you, what are your thoughts? Hey, at this point, we don't know anything about the spirit world or what spirits can do. So it's totally, you know, I mean, that's just, we're on for a ride with them at this point. Yeah, so he flies off with the dragon and on their travels. They fly over, oh, this is an interesting moment. They fly over Iroh and Iroh notices them. I gotta say, in the background as well, this is in the same scene, don't worry, uh, it, kinda, it just reminds me of part of Princess Mononoke. Oh yeah, you can definitely... Like, just that background. I, I, they lean into it more as the season goes on, but you can definitely feel the influence in this one. I mean, it's almost like the start of it, in a way, I'd say. 
Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm definitely. I did. Do you have any comments on the the Iro seeing the thing, or should we hold off? I know how it happens. Like I, I know what the cause of it is. Um, I don't know if you want me to tell you that now, or you want to make a note of that and then ask me in the future. No, we can just hold but off. But there is, there is an explanation. Sure. Pin. Now, proceeding on with the scene, he's aghast by the fact that he sees, you know, this flying creature <laughs> in the air, or he's. <laughs> what he thinks is. Um, what are those? I still haven't seen. It. I own it, but I still haven't seen it. What's the um, what's the uh, flying creature from Neverending Story called again? Oh man, yeah. What is what is that guy's name? Upon seeing him wingless, and then um, whatever that kid's name is, he's like, "What? This reminds me. I got to read the Neverending Story. <laughs> I still have yet to read it. Or I still have yet to finish it. Excuse me. Oh, I'm, I, I'll remember the name halfway through this, and I'll I'll yell it out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Both of us. We don't. We, we'll, we'll figure our names out. Trust me. Yeah, but so um, he seeing another chance for escape. He starts complaining about how poorly they're keeping him as a prisoner. He's like, oh, you know, these chains—they're pretty loose. I could just slip right out of them, and you know, these binds on my hands. Like, oh, they're not keeping me really locked in. They're hurting my body. Why? Oh, boy, boy. I, oh, for some reason, I, I, in my head, it sounded like Zoeberg talking. <laughs> Oh boy, that'd be so unfortunate if he sounded that way. Hey, yeah, yeah. Let's perish the thought. Uh, so yeah, they, they stop their little their little march to deal with his uh, handcuffs and things, and he uses that chance to beat them all up. Can I? Can I ask? This is this is weird. He like, again. He does the the you know. There's the um early on in the in the. Uh, in the pool of water, excuse me. We, we see him use his nostrils to heat up the water. Great. And then we see him do it again with the shackles. Uh, so that's, there's the payoff. Um, but we clearly see a man like touch that that newly hotted shackle. And we see smoke coming from it, smoldering. We just saw a guy like burn. Like, holy crap, man. Like, we don't really think about the fact that when we think of firebending, like they're actually burning their opponents. Like we see that with Zuko's eye, but it's not that it's, it, you're certainly not going to see like dark Knight uh, levels of, of burn. But, like, man, that's insane. So wait till we get to the Netflix series. It's going to be hard R third, third degree <laughs> burns <laughs> skin oh, falling boy. off. <laughs> <laughs> if firebending were real or if firebending were portrayed realistically, I think they said they wanted a more realistic tone. So I guess we'll see. Maybe that's why Break left. They were like, eh, we don't subscribe to the, what you're doing with the burns there. Yeah, this getting way too graphic for us. We're out. <laughs> yeah, even in, if you remember in Mortal Kombat, when we watched and like um, Luke Kang threw that fireball at uh, Kano initially, like nothing even burnt. Like, yeah. It was almost just like a, a kinetic force that he hit him with. Not even <laughs> there to like burn him. I'm surprised by that. Yeah, that's interesting. Pardon me, but anyway, yeah, no, I'm just I'm just surprised that they were able to get away with. I feel like the network would have a problem with that. I'm not saying I don't want that. I'm just like, wow, yeah, the network was okay with that from you guys. There's nothing super violent about it, so. I mean, we don't see the hand, so I feel like if we did see the hand, then probably. But they also could have taken the opportunity to have. 
somehow have the man's hand now like have an imprint of the shackle and he, yeah, it becomes like he a... somehow ends up tracking down Iroh again and like puts his hand in front of him or something like that. I don't know if you get the reference I'm going with. Yeah, you're t- are you talking Raiders, but <laughs> Yeah, I'm talking Raiders. <laughs> yeah. Except that was a map and that's not a map, so Yeah, but jumping away from that sequence there. Um, we it ends with Iroh kind of seeming like he escaped, right? Does a drop kick, and also yes, he has no other sandal or flip flop or thong. Uh, and goes tumbling down the cliff, and he's going to get a lot of scratches. <laughs> he is going to bleed. He's going to get shredded and chewed up. That's all I'm going to say because that ain't nice. Earthbender, maybe. Uh, maybe he uses his fire to uh, cauterize his wounds. Who knows? But yes, all of a sudden we cut. As he as he falls, uh, we cut to uh, speeding towards an island. A f- wonderful shot! Everyone like pause at sixteen thirty four, and man, that is a nice island. Like I I love the blue, with contrast yep. with the with the deep red. Yeah, very pretty, very nice, very pretty igneous rock there, uh, extrusive igneous rock. Yeah, we're getting a little foreshadowing of the location of the next episode here. Yes, and yeah. The dragon transports Aang right in front of a statue, a very beautiful statue, I'll say, of Avatar Roku. I mean, the shrine itself or the temple itself is beautiful, like very gorgeous. Yeah, I just love kind of the like the depth increasing of the big gigantic flames around him. Oh my goodness, like that's a style of, I think, Japanese art, ancient art, I believe. Yeah, it's beautiful. I, I couldn't tell you what it is, but it's, it's, oh, it's gorgeous. Also, I just realized in the background... At like 1655, there's a what looks like a fire um, lord helmet almost in a way. Oh, cool. I could be wrong on that, but I don't know if that means anything. I mean, well, I mean, it could mean something, but I mean, well, that'll come up later. (laughs) But yes, we have a very nice, I don't know, spitting image, but we have an image of of the Roku right there. Yeah, and again, uh, is it Fang? He spreads out his little, uh, I'm trying to figure out what this whole um like touching him with like the tentacle and giving him memories thing is making me think of mind melds making me think of some other some other alien creature that does this using those kind of tentacles but i just i can't place it <laughs> oh i see i think we're talking about like well it's clearly telepathy slash mind meld yeah there, there's some i don't know if it's like a tv series or a movie that involves something like this but you know, he explains to ang kind of what the calendar thing is which I think they get across well enough without the dragon having to speak. So well, first, first he shows Aang a vision of a fireball. Yep. Again. Okay. Well. Okay. Aang says a comet. I'm surprised he knows it's a comet. I thought he would say like a fireball because <laughs> it kind of looks like a fireball, not a comet. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's a type of comet. But we'll get to that eventually. Yep. But then, yes, we get some visual storytelling, as you were saying, of this little crystal on the top of the room there. And then three days, three nights, or sorry, three sunrises, three sunsets, three days or well tomorrow, but whatever, you know what I mean? I also want to point out like earlier when Aang was screaming, like, Oh no, we're about to hit a wall. It's like, yeah, you don't get it yet. <laughs> you're, you, you don't realize that you're a spirit and the laws of physics don't apply to you, at least in this realm. Yeah, he's a little slow to catch up, but I kind of want there to be one day like a 
there's probably a joke out there somewhere where it's like a spirit, like somebody who's dead thinks that they can go through stuff. And then like, so they go out ramming speeds or whatnot. And it turns out it doesn't, they like just for physics still apply for some reason. <laughs> and they like just end up smacking themselves in the wall. It's probably too much of physical comedy gag, but yeah, I think it'd be kind of funny and subvert the expectations of people. Yeah. But back over with Iroh, the poor guy, his pretty good escape attempt is thwarted. Because they managed to cover him up in rocks and, uh, or I guess not rocks, but like dirt and stuff. So I mean, still uh, stops his role. I love the fact that these guys, again, barefoot, just go sliding down the mountain. You don't mess with earthbenders that way. You always take them on like in a non-terrain area. I'd like to say it's funny that last episode we had it was imprisoned, right? Where we had clearly the earthbenders being oppressed. Well, now we have by the firebenders, and now we have a firebender being oppressed by the earthbenders. That's quite interesting, eh? Yeah, that, that's that's fair. Hmm. Um, and like, oh no, this is we we, we care about Iroh. I mean, do we? <laughs> yeah, I think we do at this point. These 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 guys are jerks. These are just bullies. It's like, no, they're just soldiers doing their job, and he's their enemy. So why wouldn't he? I don't make sense why they do that. Oh, but speaking of uh, speaking of Iroh and caring about him, yeah, Zuko, he's following the path, and out of the corner of his eye, he spots Appa flying up in the corner, and he's like, oh no, the Avatar, like, should I pursue him? Uh, who's that? That's a weird cloud. Oh, wait a minute, I know that cloud from anywhere. It's that moving cloud of, of the Avatars. And we don't see it in this scene, but eventually we'll cut back, and he does choose to go after Iroh, which is a nice nice moment for him. It's nice to see that his obsession to catch the Avatar doesn't overwhelm his uh, priorities of keeping the people who are close to him safe. His familial bonds, as you say. Especially since it is his teacher. The only person who treats him nicely or has any sort of respect for him. Pretty much. So <laughs> let's, let's be honest there. Um, I also just realized uh, the scene of like, you know, where we see the bird's eye view of, of Appa and Katara trying to, trying to find Aang and everybody. I see that the cutoff of the the fire was actually at a river. I'm like, oh, okay, so that's where they stopped, mm. and or that's where the fire ended. I guess that's uh, that's fortunate. I guess. Sorry, just a random little background thing I saw. Oh yeah, that's fair. But yes, uh, speaking of traveling at hurling speeds, I think. Yep. Is uh, Fang basically returning to sender? Yeah. <laughs> and once again, Ang's just like, oh, brace for impact, because he sees himself. That he unconsciously got on top of Heibai's, uh statue. Which, again, now you can see it. It doesn't actually look that charred, I think. No. Well, it, it's hard to say, but, but yeah, he takes a look at me. He starts to think, hmm, like something about this I maybe looks familiar or something. He definitely has a look of recognition with it, though. Yeah, 1903, that's, it, it looks like... That's a quite clear image of his of his statue. Looks like there's veins coming from it. That's that's creepy. Yeah. Either either it's veins or vines. I could probably see vines. Yeah, they could have might maybe added vines because they're like always oh, an element to the forest. So let's put some sort of uh, foresty element to him. I wonder what the um the the symbol the semblance not these symbols but I wonder what the um symbolism. Uh, of all the little bears, the little cubs around uh, Heibai is supposed to be, if that's supposed to be his children. Oh, yeah, or just the, the other members of the forest. 
Significant, excuse me. Yeah, maybe other smaller, lesser spirits. Who knows? Yeah, but he goes and returns to the village, and we cut back over to Iro, who's in a t- very bad state at this point. The Earthbenders are kind of like, oh, we're not going to bother taking you home yet until we give you some justice of our own for trying to escape. And we're just going to crush your hands with a big rock. You made us look like fools. How dare how yeah. dare you? <laughs> I also like the time that this is uh, happening all in real time. If anybody mm-hmm. couldn't tell, is that it's it's all happening at the same time. So <laughs> they're literally like almost within earshots of each other, funny enough. Yep. And Zuko jumps in just in time to save his hands, and the two beat these guys up pretty pretty quick and pretty easily too. You know what's okay? I just had this thought. I just I just had this thought. Sure. Um, what if, what if these guys were again? I don't I don't know if they had an explanation when they showed up again. Like I said initially, like oh maybe they were from that pre that battle that burnt the forest down. Who knows? What if they were sent from the Earth Kingdom as a response call to the village? Oh yeah, that's that's interesting. For like the disappearances of their uh, of their of their uh, uh, villagers, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, I could be of that. Like, huh? Maybe that's maybe that's what it was. Yeah, I mean, I'm throwing it out there, but it's like they're both close to each other. Like again, you could say they're just around a patrol, but like, what if they were like? assigned to go investigate what was wrong with the village yeah i mean i we never get an answer so any answer is better than none so oh man zuko what the hey like you axe kicked those change in chains in half what are you wearing composite boots steel-toed boots <laughs> like what's aluminum boots what are you doing what do you think of the fight scene there well there's again very nice not really much shaky cam i think unless there's an impact um during because that's Actually, the perfect time to do shaky cam is when the impact... Well, sort of. But I feel like there was some CG in there. But a lot of their stuff is on-modeled, I'd say. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any off-models there. And again, Iroh has no problem with being without pants, I guess. Or without a shirt. Um, I like that he is masterful... In, in I guess war- warfare and that he's I mean just mastering warfare mean that you could use weapons properly it's like ah, I don't know but he's certainly using his shackles like Ghost Rider which is nice yeah I, I could see that connection but yeah I, I thought it was a decent action scene pretty brief but yeah I, was, pretty brief I'm a little like Zuko takes out two guys at once but it's like they're almost waiting for their mark <laughs> I'm like um I don't know about that guys yeah, but speaking of brief, uh, the interaction, because we cut back to the village and Aang is waiting for Heibai to show up. And when he shows up, they also have a super quick kind of interaction there. It's not that much. I guess I never really thought about it, but Heibai kind of looks like a killer whale, like his head. Pandas, killer whales, they're serious. They're, they're, they're clearly alike. Come on. I mean, it makes perfect sense, right? Yeah, I don't know about that, but. Also, honestly, Iroh, do you think that Zuko brought your pants with you or your clothes with you? Not even that. Sorry, other way around. It's like, Zuko, you better have brought your his his clothing with you or else. Hmm. Anyway, yes, the, the fight. I interrupted you. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, it's basically just Heibai shows up and runs right to, like, the main office or whatever, the main part of the town. The town hall, as they say. Yeah, and Aang runs to stop him, leaps over him, and touches his head. And through the kind of rage-consumed exterior, 
he sees the the bear spirit within and that's kind of that's kind of it then he's just like hey i i get your anger dude but don't worry uh things will be better and that's kind of it <laughs> kind of using the the first instance of again communicating with the spirits like again literally through touch which makes sense mm-hmm. um he purified his spirit in a way of of talking instead of um a certain water bending technique and oh, offering boy. him nuts. Yeah, yeah, we, we bring the nut back and check off nuts or acorn, excuse me. Yeah, so that's I mean, do, do you feel like that's a satisfactory conclusion? I mean Oh yeah, when he walks away, a little like sprout of bamboo like almost comes up like out of his butt. <laughs> Not really, but Well, you could say it's his footsteps, which again alludes to yeah, a, another certain creature if you if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's very much so. And yeah, then all the uh, kidnapped villagers just walk out of it. I wonder if the the, the uh, bamboo sprouts. I wonder if they decay eventually or not, or the villagers just use them as firewood. Mm. Yeah, or, or the next day they gotta they gotta chop them down. Like, oh crap! Like our whole our entrance here is kind of uh, a little messed up. Yeah, I mean, we could put a out. sidewall over here. We we have been thinking of putting like a door over here, an entrance way over here. <laughs> But like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we don't, we'll we don't see. want to chop it down. It might, might, you know, set them off again. <laughs> we'll get an estimate. And where were those soldiers we ordered, <laughs> uh, requested from? Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder, I wonder what happened with the uh, where, where those. I mean, they were taken to the spirit world, of course. But as we see again later on at some point, we we know what happens with people in the spirit world. Mm. Yeah, there, there's no bathrooms there. We know that for sure. That really stinks like you really gotta hold it in there but so we we come to the end here and the village is very happy about what ang's done for them and uh they say can, is there anything we can do for you and with a big smiling grin Sokka's like you can give us some supplies and some money <laughs> which i love or the opportunist i guess yeah and the other two are just like uh what <laughs> at least okay the supplies that make sense that's 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 fair like it's it's not the worst idea, but like the money, it's like, uh, I sort of see it as well because you could trade. Yeah. I mean, you could also barter stuff, but like you know, whatever. <laughs> if you think of money in a bartering system, <laughs> it's totally fair because I could be like, hey, we want to go help other places, but you know, we need some sort of uh, some stuff to help us out here. There's some funds. Oh, did you hear about Richard Donner today? By the way, did he die? Yeah, he died. Yeah, ninety-one. Oh man, rest in peace, Mister uh, Mister Donner. Yeah, that's too bad. You certainly made us all believe a man could fly. Yeah, that's true. Am- amongst other things, sorry. Well, he is survived by his wife, who helped make Logan, so I will always appreciate her. Mm. And him, so. Anyway, I guess we're where are we in this episode here? I don't even know anymore. Well, we're funny enough, we're at the ending, because Aang basically just explained, you know, Katara is proud of him. Also notice that she gave Aang a hug, and he didn't react in a romantic way, but that's probably because he... I don't know if he was or not. Um, but he, she's proud of him for solving, figuring it out, kind of similar to uh, Boomy and dealing with Boomy mm-hmm. at the end of... Well, even though he had help with that, but yeah, kind of similar with Edomashu. Uh, but he explains, like, the other visions that Fang showed him, which was you know, this comet and this uh, crescent-shaped island and where it is located. And that we have to go for the winter solstice, but not just the, see the winter solstice is also tomorrow. That's the problem. And you know, what also is tomorrow. 
in this in Avatar or actual? Well, time? I mean, it's 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 July eighth tomorrow, but it would be a certain dance. Oh, I'm I'm lost, completely the, lost. The, the, the proms tomorrow. Oh, for schools and stuff. I I I never went to any of those things. I have no clue. Oddly enough, neither did I, except for Drag Rad. That's all I went to. Sure. Yeah, completely, completely lost reference for me. Cause, yeah. Both the Winter Solstice and the Winter Solstice Prom or dance is tomorrow. And so Aang's got to get a girl and or chaperone himself all the way over to that island because there he's going to have the dance of his life. A dance with death. Oh, boy. Yeah, so we leave on a little bit of a And we also keep cutting. Let me go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say we leave on a bit of a cliffhanger. That's how the episode ends. So, but <laughs> so if you need anything else, you can get it in there. Just that we keep shooting up shots of the moon, which it's, I think it's waxing, right? Or I think it's waning, which probably means something, but that's probably for another day because then the episode yes. ends credits. Yeah. So what did you think of this one? Final thoughts. I very much enjoyed it. Very, very much enjoyed it. I think... Anybody who was down on either Warriors of Kyoshi or City of Omashu, they, they they probably were lightened up a little more when they had the imprisoned episode and then this one that actually gave a lot of world building. Mm-hmm. And I was also impressed by it. I actually forgot that this uh, episode, I thought this episode, they actually, and goes in the spirit world. That's for another day. Um, could they have done more with this? Uh, with this premise, perhaps. Again, I kind of wish that maybe later on the series or you know, comics, he goes back to this burnt down forest and sees that it's actually regrowing over the passage of time. And this gave him a new, in giving him a sense of comforting closure, perhaps. I don't know what you would call it. But uh, I enjoyed this one, and it certainly is of two parts setting up, but having its own story, which I like. Yeah, no, I, I quite like this one too. I think both the plots are, are pretty enjoyable. The Aang plot really kind of feeds the mythology. But I appreciate that we get a little bit more background on at least the Iroh side of the uh, the B plot there. Of course, I really like Iroh. So it's nice to see <laughs> was... a little bit more stuff focused on him. And we hadn't seen these guys in a couple episodes here. So it's nice to get them back. Yeah, he's actually not been in since yeah, Warriors of Kyoshi because we missed him and uh, Omashu and imprisoned. Was uh was Zuko a uh, another prop in this episode, or was he a character? No, because he made that choice to go save his uncle. So I think he was an actual character this time. Yeah, no, that was a good. It was a brief moment, but it was still a good moment for him. So yeah, all around, I think this is you know one of the better ones we've seen so far from this season. So definitely happy with it, and I love the spirit world element bringing that in there. I think that worked quite well. It is certainly one thing that I most enjoyed uh, about this one, but. That ends this episode for now, everybody. Thank you for listening once again to us. And, you know, you're walking in the forest somewhere. Pick up a nut or seedling of some sort. And ever get the inkling to you go past a burnt charred forest. You know, it's safe to go in. It's not going to like, you know, be on fire anymore. Why don't you not go plant it? Till next time.
wrote that last sentence so poorly. Oh, it's so confusing. Tongue twisters. Aang yep. is feeling guilty. <laughs> At least I go with the way they pronounce it in the episode. It's hey bye. Hey bye. That's it. Yeah. Was I saying hey bye? And you said you said I ir, ir, not even Iro. You said Iro weirdly. Uh, Io almost. I think. Yeah, I was speed running through that. I I that, that's fine. This summary was way longer than I usually write. And them. then. Um, it's not his spirit companion, it's his animal companion. Well, it's a spirit, for, I mean, at this point, but... I, yes, but it <laughs> and literally <laughs> drops the line animal spirit, or animal companion, excuse me. Well, that's that's a fair nitpick, but he is a spirit at this point, so... <laughs> so much nitpicking. Oh, but I, oh, I press play, but I guess it doesn't really matter, because we never keep in sync anyway. <laughs> This section of the podcast contains spoilers for all seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Enter at your peril. Alright, can I, uh, do you mind if I have the table or the floor? Mm Mm-hmm. So this is obviously a proto dark spirit, if you know where I'm going with this. I'll go ahead. So if you remember in in book, book two, of course, spirits, mm-hmm. negative energy and or negative emotions, excuse me, infused into spirits in particular regions, turn them into these purplish negative beings. Mm-hmm. This is Hey Bai's form. He's obviously influenced by these negative emotions even if it came from within and you remember in especially in beginnings or was it origins i forget episodes eight and nine that when you know again there there is anger and hate uh in the air around spirits they negatively are charged and become more berserk more enraged and they glue they they glowed they were darker for their darker colors and they looked more menacing and more malicious and malevolent. And Heibai looks that as well, but this is a obviously proto... Again, that's retroactively from that series on here. This is the first time we see a dark spirit. Yeah, that's 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 fair. I just wanted to like lay that out there, is that this was technically the first canonical appearance of a dark spirit, but not fully, if, if that makes any sense. Mm. You know, good, good to know. That's fair. Yeah we'll get to that joke later but like yeah <laughs> i mean oh yes no curse you john noble for being a part of that move i, I, I don't Aww. care he just was probably either asked or paid i don't know it was just an offhand joke because yeah i guess this is because we were talking about like oh why did they do this with this dragon to be roku but i guess this is i, I can kind of see why they would combine them I can just be like, oh, the dragon's cooler looking. <laughs> I, it was almost like a simplification idea of like, okay, there's too many characters in this already like too many character movie. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, just an easy way to just composite those two together to kind of clear things up and keep a cool design. Certainly. <laughs> oh yeah, I know because they didn't want to have hey by uh, that really cool design right there to go away. Yeah, that's too bad. We didn't see stuff like that. I don't even know if we see that big beast. Well, that's spoiler, so I won't get into that. (laughs) Um, 
we clearly we I don't know if you saw we we saw a guy's hand literally touch that hot metal iron or that yeah the, the newly hotted uh, sh- shackle um, yep. cuff excuse me which by the way I'm gonna point something out because I'm gonna forget about that when in book three when Cor gets captured by those uh, Earthbenders as well and she literally has like the Hannibal Lecter mask on why didn't she do that with the, with that mask. Because all she has to do is, like, breathe in and then breathe out. And, I mean, okay, potentially, like, burn her face off. But even still, she could maybe, you know, burn the mask through. Yeah, that's, I guess, I guess we'll get to that episode and we'll question it then. <laughs> Be like, what are you I will probably forget about that. <laughs> and that's why I'm questioning it now. Because, sure. I mean, if maybe <laughs> she didn't think of that at this at that point, who knows? Um, yeah, but... she's not as experienced with battle as uh, old Ira there. Oh, I mean, certainly this man has been through many, many a battle. Yeah. 